0: Welcome to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast with Lawrence Lotz. Join Lawrence as he gets together with his friends from all over the world to discuss the latest trends, give some business insights, and add a little South African chaos into your lives. Don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at the Wolf of Queen Street and find us on all of your listening platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and much more.
1: Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Wolf of Queen Street. Um, Today I'm joined by Byron Morrison. Byron is a best-selling author. The book, Become a Better You. Byron goes and tries to show people how to become and teach them how to become the best version of themselves, how to seek, obtain, and keep the peak performance that is needed, as well as recently launching the Fulfilled Life Project on YouTube. Byron has gone through, as with many of my guests on the show, has gone through a turning point in his own life just recently of a few years ago, which made him stand up and say enough is enough. Today, I take control. By taking control of himself, he was able to become a better person himself and now taking those skills and offering them to others. I welcome you, Byron, onto the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, awesome. As um, as I do with every week, um, I just do a shout out to the locations we are based at, just again to show everyone that's doing podcasts, that's doing content, that's doing anything else in the world. If this is the first time you're listening, there's no such thing as an excuse. As in, I live anywhere in the wrong place to be able to get hold of someone. I am Auckland, New Zealand. Byron, you're currently based in the UK. A city location, you're going to have to let me know.
0: It's Stratford upon Avon, so kind of near Birmingham. Ish,
1: And we had a a little joke just before we started the podcast as Byron was saying it's great, it's nice and I think 10am or pretty early in the morning he's expecting the hottest day of the year by him at 35 degrees and I'm standing here and it's about 8 degrees on my side so again total extremes of day and night and temperatures one to the other.
0: Yeah, I've actually got three fans pointed at, me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, get, a, get 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 a Yeah, we don't have air way. conditioning in the UK because we only have yeah, we only have a few hot days a year, so we're not kind of prepared for it. The country just kind of <laughs> shuts down.
1: That is brilliant. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you guys are well known for the the cold and dreamy days, not the the blue skies and piping hot days. I think
0: actually, England's kind of missing. So I misrepresented in that way. Like the last few <laughs> years, our summers have actually been a lot warmer and our winters haven't been that bad. Whether or not that's all of the global warming coming true, I don't know. But <laughs> oh,
1: bit are we, we, we going go to go down, down that route? route? No,
0: definitely not. But <laughs> I thought that was a funny thing to throw in to start.
1: Oh, <laughs> man, definitely want to don't go down the global warming, uh, warming route. <laughs> I think I'd lose listeners as well as have a whole lot of people throw something at me. But I just want to take it back um, so our listeners can understand where we're coming from or where your story's coming from is if you would just take us back a handful of years ago where you had a a dark or challenging moment with um, the health of your father and it also gave a an awakening to yourself of what you were doing at that stage with your life and where you were standing. If you could just take us, our listeners through a, a two, three-minute backstory on that if you'd like.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, kind of like growing up i was always kind of one of those people with these kind of like big goals and dreams like mm. i wanted to do something that mattered and really kind of impact the world but i never really knew who i was or kind of what i wanted so i kind of just went along for the ride eventually i kind of found myself in a job where i was earning decent money i was kind of on track to a life that i guess you could say that other people would deem a success but mm-hmm. internally i was very unhappy and unfulfilled i was overweight, I didn't really feel good about myself, I had really bad anxiety, struggled with confidence and I always knew there was like another level to reach but I didn't really know what that was and then my dad got cancer and during his treatment he had most of his bowel surgically removed, he spent 25 days in ICU, most of that on life support and breathing through a tracheostomy and that was kind of the wake-up call for me that I realized that I needed to do something else with my life. I realized life was short. And if I didn't change my own ways, that was going to be me. Because Mm -hmm. I kind of saw how much his kind of illness was brought on by the fact that he was in this high pressure job. He wasn't looking after himself. His diet was all over the place. He had very little sleep. And it just pushed him to the absolute limit. So I kind of went on this journey to turn my own life around, learning everything in the way. In, on, along the way, about psychology, nutrition, fitness, changing behaviors, and everything else in between. And that was where I inspired my book, Become a Better You. And since then, I sat on this mission to help other people who are struggling like I was actually get the confidence to reach that next level
1: and actually reach that full potential. And I can imagine being at that moment of seeing the challenge with your father and seeing. The, the resemblance of yourself in the future and going to that same that same spot, that it's, it's that light bulb moment of you going, enough is enough, I've got to change it or I can see my future path. I've got to do something differently, otherwise 10, 20 or 30 years time, I'm not going to get to where I want to get. I'm not going to be healthy. I'm not going to be successful in the level that I wanted to be at and then take control of it. When that was occurring, what was the stepping stones at the beginning part to try and get yourself slowly on the new path? I mean, I can imagine you just went, okay, I need to change, but you can't just go, I'm going to change and jump into a deep end, but you don't know what the steps are. 100%. I
0: think this is kind of where a lot of people kind of misinterpret this kind of like life altering moment that suddenly Mm -hmm. from the next day, everything's different. Whereas that really wasn't the case. Like he had his cancer, then I still didn't know what I was doing with my life. I went and got a master's degree. I then landed up in a job. I kept kind of convincing myself that if I just paid my dues, worked my way up, that way would become I'd finally become happy. And mm-hmm. internally, I just kind of sunk further into this deeper hole for the next couple of years. And like the one big kind of turning point through all of it was because I used to work in marketing, and I remember – I hated my job. I was just kind of going through the motions, miserable, and convincing myself that eventually when I get that next job, then I'd be happy. And I remember I got a job interview at this amazing marketing agency down in Bristol in the UK. It was the city I always wanted to live in. I was so excited, turned up. The place was amazing. It had all of the big clients. And as the guy was interviewing me, I realized that I didn't hate my job. I hated my entire career. It was just kind of this epiphany moment there in that room. And as I was kind of driving home that night, I was thinking about what do I actually enjoy? Like, what do I want to do with my life? And I realized that for the past two years after my dad's cancer, I had kind of set out on this journey to try and get myself healthy. Like growing up, I was always the kid who was picked last in gym class. I never really cared about what I was eating or the kind of health aspect of it. But I'd pushed myself to join a gym. I was trying to lose weight. I was trying to get into shape. Like a lot of people going on that kind of journey, I made a lot of mistakes. Things would work. Mm-hmm. I'd lose weight. I'd put it back on. I'd try all these diets, these fitness plans. and I never got the results I wanted. So I'd reached a point in that where I made a decision. Do you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. So I'd spent the last year and a half in my kind of, personal time studying learning about nutrition learning about fitness about not mindset or just to try and get my own health on track like I never had a alternative agenda with it and as I was driving home that evening I realized that was where my passion was yeah so yeah the kind of path that I went on all kick-started that after my dad's cancer I made the decision to know what I need to start eating better and losing some weight and going to the gym and that was the thing I took action on that I didn't even realize a couple of years down the line, that would be the catalyst that would lead to everything else I would do. So I kind of got home that night, turned down the job, canceled the move to the city, signed up to study nutrition. And that was kind of five years ago, five, five and a half years ago, which led to where I am today.
1: It's, it's, it's amazing how something happens and you don't think it's, the turning point. You don't think it's the switch, but it leads a path and you follow a path and you follow a path. And then finally, when, the, when you get to the end of it and you have a realization, you go, okay, it was that, that example that you're showing. It was that that story that happened. It was that heartache that happened that took me down this path. And a lot of people sometimes have such Hate, not hatred's a hard word to use, but they sometimes have a, a dislike to a stumbling block or a failure in their life or a heartache in their life because they think, I've, I failed today, so I'm going to fail tomorrow, but they're not realizing that a heartache or failure or hurt today could open up a better path tomorrow if I'm willing to go down that path and follow a couple of steps down it and take the right process to see what's at the end.
0: Completely agree like so often we kind of push ourselves to try something when we don't get perfect on the first attempt We just say oh it wasn't meant to be I wasn't good enough I can't do it or we kind of dismiss Kind of things that we want to try that we convince ourselves We're not going to enjoy without giving Mm. even giving it a go like my thing with the gym is the prime example like growing up didn't enjoy sport Convinced myself that the people who were into going the gym going to the gym. I didn't want to be like I remember the first time I went in there, there was all of these big guys like grunting and staring at their biceps in the kind of mirror. And yep. I remember just standing there and just saying to myself like, oh, it's too busy. I'll go home and I'll come back later when it's quiet so I can do it properly. And internally, that's kind of what I told myself. But on a deeper level, it's because I was afraid of being judged that I didn't know what I was doing, that I was going to do it wrong. And luckily, I pushed myself the do you know what? I need to come back. I need to keep trying. Because if I didn't face that one thing that I told myself I didn't want to do, that I'd written off the thought wasn't for me, I never would have kind of sparked that interest. And I mm-hmm. never would have gone down the path that I was on. And that's why I always say to people, like, just say yes more. Try something. Like If you give it a go and you don't enjoy it, at least you know that you might spark an entirely new interest or you might find yourself down a path that you never otherwise would have been on.
1: Yeah, totally. Um totally agree with that. It's. I was just going to say, and you, you just almost took out my words about say yes to it. People are so, these days, are so get involved with what other, considering other people's thoughts, what else, someone else is going to think of them, is someone else watching them. We're so obsessed that, people, that we're assuming that everyone's watching us. Everyone's looking at what we're doing at the moment of if I go for a run, if I go to the gym, if I'm at work, that we don't take those other opportunities or, as you're saying, we don't say yes more often. You're saying yes more often or open up the more doors or open up an experiences. And fundamentally, whether it's a good or bad experience. At least it's an experience that you had, which makes sometimes, you know, life more fun. I went in uh, end of last year. I was going through a time before, unfortunately, I was, um this year i've been recovering from some surgery that i did the end of last year i said to some mates i want to every month you know go and do something that i've never done before one of my, one of my good mates said to me amazing let's go mountain biking i had not climbed on a bicycle since i was a teenager over 20 years ago this guy mounted bikes every week so i said okay to my better judgment i will say yes and i'll jump <laughs> on the bike we went down to one of our local uh, mountain bike in, um, areas here. That's absolutely amazing. Four hours later, I crawled back in with the bike to give it back the one that I rented. The guy said to me, yeah, how was it? I said, I almost died, hated every minute of it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, partially as well. He said, you guys have been out for four hours. I said, I haven't been on a bike in 20 years. He says, my goodness. You've actually taken this on. He goes, how about this? I'll give you about 50% off just to say, you know, what an experience. Um, and hopefully we see again. I haven't gone back since, unfortunately, due to uh, not being able to do it this year. At the end of the year, I want to go back again. But I said yes. It hurt. I couldn't walk for a week. But the experience was great. You know, and I always look back and I talk, to, I talk to my friends about it as well. It's the same sort of thing what we need to see. And I can imagine the same sort of thing of when you coaching, when you – have people that you mentor to get them, as you said, to say yes to more things. With your coaching that you do at the moment, the mentorship, what is the the key points that you bring up to the table? I saw um, on some of the papers that you had done and some of the um, information about yourself online, you talk about like three pillars or three key areas that you try to motivate people on. Talk me through um, that space. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, I find... A lot of the clients who kind of come to me, they have reached a point in their life where they feel like there has to be something more. They've spent their entire life kind of chasing all of these big external goals, yet they still kind of feel empty and unfulfilled. And I found that often the reason why is they're so focused on that next level of success that it's coming at the expense of neglecting other areas of their life, which is often their health, their happiness, and their fulfillment. And that's why we really strip it right back. We focus on who they really are as a person, what kind of lights of fire inside of them, what do they value, and who it is they want to become. And from there, set three big goals one in their health, their fulfillment, and their happiness. And that's what we set out to conquer in 90 days, or while getting rid of all of the anxiety, doubts, and fears along the way. Because I find with clients that they come in often thinking, oh, I want to reach that next level in my business. I want to earn more money. Or I want to get that promotion. Whereas actually the thing holding them back is they're overlooking their internal needs and desires. We focus on that. We get that in alignment with their kind of bigger external goals. And that's when they excel. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, it's really think, looking at who we actually are as a person and what kind of makes us happy. Cause you can have all of the money in the world, but if you're, shredding getting up in the morning and you're miserable like or you have no energy to spend with your family or you just don't feel good about yourself then what's the point?
1: Yeah i totally correct you know if there's no inner fulfillment or inner understanding of where you stand at this moment in time and with some clarity it it doesn't you're not going to be able to do anything in front of that either or or help anyone else. Um, I was commented on a previous episode on the podcast saying that If you don't fill up your own glass with water, you cannot fill up anyone else's glass either. And people sometimes are forgetting that sense of that once they reach the state of inner happiness or inner consideration of where they want to be in life, they can't actually want to improve in the other areas, get more money, get a better job, because that sort of stuff is just a cloak to what their situation internally is of, you know, I love myself or I'm happy with myself or I'm happy with my life irrespective of the job. Because if you can say that, then the job is just a bonus with a cherry on top. I think that's a really interesting
0: point, kind of building on the glass, kind of mm-hmm. example. I find with so many people I speak to, it's almost this kind of internal battle where they struggle giving themselves permission to focus on themselves. Like right? because – they've got all these expectations they've got a family to support they've got everything else kind of the weight of the world on their shoulders they almost feel guilty for wanting to take some time off to wanting to go to the gym to do something that's actually for them Mm -hmm. like taking up a hobby or just doing something that makes them feel good about themselves and it's almost kind of allowing them to give themselves permission to be like you know what you matter as well if you're happier that's going to directly impact your relationships how you are on a day-to-day basis your energy levels and ultimately your success so it's almost kind of showing to someone do you know what it's okay to fill up your own glass because when you do that it's going to have such a positive impact on those around you whereas other people get that the other way around
1: people feed off positivity people feed off you know there's the old saying: people feed off the success but you know, if you've ever gone to a concert or if you've ever gone to a sporting event and, and you tell me you don't feed off the atmosphere, you just line. In life, it's the same way as well. Negativity to myself within myself radiates and people will feed off that and the success and the journey that you take in. Positivity of myself to within myself. If I'm really positive, no matter where I am, no matter where I am in life, age, success, career, or anything positive people will always attract positive around them. People being more happy, people being happy to see them, more doors being opened just because it feeds off each other. Just the same way when you go to a sports stadium and there's an atmosphere, it doesn't matter how grumpy you are, your team's winning and there's 30,000 people cheering. You're going to cheer with them. I think that's a great point. And
0: I think far too often in this kind of day and age, the positivity gets drowned out by all of the negativity Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to something that you were talking about a few minutes ago with the kind of compare the fear of judgment and people worrying about what everyone else is going to think. One of the biggest things i found is most people don't really care. Like they're so focused on themselves, but we build up the story in our head that everyone's watching what we're doing. I think part of the problem with social media is everyone kind of shows their highlight reel So Mm -hmm. we'll end up in this cycle that we compare page one to what everyone else's just highlight reel is. And we kind of convince ourselves that, oh, we're not good enough or they're doing so great. But you don't know what's actually going on in their life. You're just building it up some story based on what they're trying to show
1: you. Yeah. And I think, yeah. yeah. Sorry, continue.
0: Yeah, we just really need to, instead of kind of tear other people down, focus on bringing everyone else up. Mm Mm-hmm and focus on that kind of positivity and gratitude because the fact that we're alive is amazing and i think <laughs> we, over, we overlook that so much like i remember when i was that kind of miserable down depressed guy who was stuck in a job like i was just going through the motions i didn't feel good about life and my dad's cancer was just the thing that made me realize that the fact that we're here is amazing and every kind of day that we waste is a day we can never get back and that's why my like core message of what I do is trying to get people to realize that we only have one life and one chance and we really just need to make it count.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. It, it's funny. I was thinking this through today. I was sitting just thinking about um, today's session and a few more stuff are going on and about the whole, you know, the whole social media world and how much control we would give that over ourselves to what we're doing. And you know, like you said, the highlight reel, everyone's, highlight reel out there and looks like everyone's successful and the ha- and almost like the hatred again you know towards everyone else's success but it's it's something which is so people don't realize there is so much love care respect success whether it's value of money or value of where you are in the business in the world to share around that we don't have to Spit on other people because they look like they're more successful than us. Or spit on someone else because they've got more money than us. Mate, there's more money in the world that we could have 20 billion people and everyone could be more rich than they'd ever need. So we just need to break through those barriers with people and saying, love each other, respect the person next to you, and support all the rest of them. And don't, because by doing that, you're going to help yourself go further on the path. Because don't be jealous of that success. Let that drive you and let that focus you on more because there's enough to go around. There's enough to share for everyone.
0: Also as well, it's kind of changing that perception of what success truly is. Mm -hmm. Because I've got clients who've got multiple seven figures in the bank account, yet they've come to me because they're miserable. Like they've accumulated all of this money, but their wife doesn't want to speak to them. They're never around for their kids. When they do try and be there, they're always checked out. Like They'll go on holiday, yet they're attached to their phone. They never enjoy the moment. And they Mm -hmm. kind of convince themselves, if I buy this new car, if I get that bigger house, if I just earn more money, then I'll be happy. Yet that was what they said the time before and the time before that. Yet nothing's filled that void. So we kind of look at their life of, oh, they want this private play and they're doing all of this. And it's amazing, yet internally we don't know how they're actually feeling and a lot of the time I find they're actually deeply unhappy and that's why it's all about finding what actually is going to allow them to be alive how can they refocus and rebalance and get who they truly are in alignment and yeah that's why I'm such a big advocate of the fact that you never know what's going on in someone else's life and kind of judging and building a perception about it is just setting yourself up to fail.
1: Correct. So you're talking You're talking about the moment, your framework and um, the mentorship and what you're doing in the coaching over a 90-day period. So once you get currently, you know, from the, what you've done in the past or currently, once you get through the 90 days, is there, is there stabilization or is there a review in another 90-day block? What's the process of once you've gone through step one of 90 days? Do you see more success of like, hey, cool, you're done, you solved or you're ready and then, you know, come back to me every three months. What do you see in that space? Or is it a slow transition over time of a one year to 18 months so that person can stand on his own feet correctly and go forward the way he wants to?
0: Honestly, it depends. Like every single person's very different. Like I had one guy come to me recently because – He was just really struggling with confidence. He wanted to go after a promotion, but he had a lot of kind of fear and self-doubt. It was something that we needed to eliminate in the 90 days to put him in a position that he could succeed, step up as a better leader, and take that next step. So he kind of came in, we achieved that, and then he was able to move on. Whereas Mm -hmm. some people come in, they go through the 90 days, they conquer the goals that we set, and then they're like, well, this is what I want to do next. Or from there the focus shifts to actually I really want to improve this aspect of my health, I want to work on this and then it might be a case that we start working together for a 12 month period But Mm -hmm. instead of kind of doing weekly hands on support throughout, it might strip back because they don't need the hand holding and it might go down to speaking like coaching calls once every two weeks or once a month and kind of setting them up to kind of do it on their own but the Mm -hmm. goal coming in is to get someone at the day one, work out, okay, this is where you want to be. Let's conquer that in 90 days and set you up so that you can then do it on your own. And then naturally, some people, they enjoy the support. They want to carry on working with someone and they w- w- work on what's next. But it's always kind of being like, you know what, let's do this in 90 days and set you up so that you can go on.
1: Uh, great answer to, to that one. Just, it just validates the point that everyone's story is different. Everyone's path is different. So you've seen some people coming out in 90 days and going, success, cured, whatever, I'm going to be the best, and thinking that you're going to be the same in 90 days, it's not necessarily going to be the way, because everyone's journey and everyone's path is different. Expect Specifically, depending on what you want to achieve and how much of your capacity you put into it, how much you actually listen. So I can imagine you've got clients at the moment that take and consume everything you give them. And you've got other clients that take only one out of 10 things you give them and then expect the same results.
0: Honestly, that's actually a problem I don't have. Like I'm actually quite, I'm very picky with who I take on. Like mm-hmm. I've quite a quite thorough kind of application process. And I only take on people that I'm certain I can help and that I know are going to do the work. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, morally, I don't want to waste someone's time and money. And also social media is a very powerful thing. So i would never put my reputation on the line to make a quick buck. Yeah. So I'm very kind of picky with the people that I come on that are like, do you know what? I really want to do this. I'm willing to give it my all. Because at the end of the day, I can give someone all the tools and support in the world. If they're not willing to show up, they're not going to get results. Correct. So totally. I'm, the way I've kind of built the business and the kind of the people that come on board, we have such an incredibly high success rate because the people are willing to show up and go in on themselves. So, yeah,
1: I'm happy to say I don't actually have any headache clients. Uh, there they are many of them out there, unfortunately. I have had, uh, I have in the past, especially <laughs> when
0: I was kind of doing, when I kind of began this journey and I was focusing on any fitness. any clients? it was also, I was focusing on fitness and weight loss. Yeah. If you look at how many people struggle with dieting Ugh, and even though I, they I really want to lose weight but they've like, they don't want to exercise or they don't want to do this and that, like that was where I kind of paid my dues, like doing personal training and that whole aspect of it. So it's definitely issues I had in the past, which is why I've actively built the business model around avoiding that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, something I mentioned right in the very beginning of the intro, um, currently you have something which is quite new to what you're currently doing. It's called the Fulfilled Life Project. It's a sort of uh, vlog um, video series on YouTube currently at the moment. Do you want to just give us a little um, story around that?
0: Yeah. So, about for a while, I've been wanting to launch something on YouTube. Like, I wanted to put together a YouTube show, but I wasn't really sure – what I wanted to do because I do a lot of kind of Facebook lives diving Mm -hmm. into the mindset stuff and I didn't just want to repeat that and I thought it'd be really fun to kind of put together something based on what it really takes to live a happy fulfilling life because I think ultimately that's what all of us want like if you take the kind of money and the success and everything out of it at the end of the day we want to be happy and we want to feel go to bed feeling fulfilled Mm -hmm. so I thought I'd put together kind of something going through my own journey of kind of what I learned about myself kind of finding that passion that purpose pushing yourself out there to try new things to challenge yourself and really just passing on a lot of the kind of tools and stuff I use with my own clients because with YouTube you've got the kind of luxury that you can put together longer videos uh, Correct. people going to watch something so like I did something recently I think it was like a 15 minute video on kind of finding your values and your who you really are and creating all of that app which is something that wouldn't work on Facebook so I've just been using it as kind of a tool to kind of pass on stuff that I can help people on a deeper level and yeah it's only been running for about a month so it's still kind of evolving and I've been on holiday recently so kind of videos haven't gone up for about a week and a half properly but that's something that from next week I'm going to be doing twice a week and I've got a content plan and yeah I'm just really excited about it's just kind of a combination between Coaching tools, a vlog, sharing stuff from my own journey, the challenges, the struggles, the triumphs, and everything else in between. We'll just kind of see what happens with it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, one thing that you just mentioned there by explaining without realize, realizing to tell anyone else was in the sense of anyone that's listening to this, make sure you understand the content you want to make and the best platform there for. As Byron just said, He wants to make videos that are a little bit longer than it would be suitable for Instagram or Facebook. So YouTube is the right platform. People go to YouTube to watch videos. So if you are a content creator, if you're a coach, a mentor, anything that you're doing and you're wanting to make content that is of longer period of time, 15, 20, 25 minutes, three hours if you wanted to do it, understand which platform is correct and as he said, YouTube is better suited for that. And it's it's great that something that you just mentioned there, that's great insight for people that's listening, that's starting up and wanting to know where do I go, which platform, where do I do videos these days? Do I do LinkedIn? Do I do YouTube? Do I do Instagram? Do I do Facebook? But just researching the right platform, depending on, on how long and what the content is that you're actually doing. I think that's great advice. And
0: just kind of building on that slightly, I know this is an entirely different conversation that, we could have, but it's just kind of, for people who are starting out, mm-hmm. recognizing that you can repurpose stuff. So if you go make a 15 minute YouTube video, you can then take out like 30 to 60 second clips and you can put down Instagram and LinkedIn yeah, correct. and Facebook and then you can send people to YouTube to watch the full thing. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people get caught up thinking, oh, there's all these platforms, I have to make all this content and they get overwhelmed. Whereas actually make one longer form piece of content break it down and repurpose it. And it was your life a lot easier. Correct. To- that's totally a big mark-
1: marketing conversation. We could have another day. <laughs> <I> <laughs> no, tot- that stuff. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. I am no denial about that. I'm unfortunately, I've said it many times on my podcast before uh, that I totally understand that space. My content creation skills, unfortunately they're getting better each podcast by podcast as I have to distribute it myself, but definitely I'm learning how to utilize each episode as it stands taking the segments out, doing something different and looking at the different platforms. And I totally agree with you that if you do a long form content on YouTube, you don't have to do multiple other forms of content because within that, there'll be three or four or five insight pointers that can be pulled out and can be cut into the right segment lens for Facebook or Instagram stories or Instagram TV or even LinkedIn that where I think a lot of people are not realizing um, LinkedIn as a platform itself is one of the biggest players currently in the market because it is easier accessible by hashtags to get more organic reach. And I believe it was the case just recently, but the LinkedIn purchase price or boost price is still a lot cheaper than the likes of Instagram or Facebook directly if you're in a business coaching mentorship sort of space for LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, I'm, I love LinkedIn. Like over the last kind of few weeks, I have i don't really put that much attention on Facebook anymore, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because everyone's doing it, especially from the kind of coaching space. Everyone's doing exactly the same thing. I think kind of innovating and adapting and just knowing where your target market is is so important. And for me, I've kind of gone all in on LinkedIn. That's where I'm spending all of my time. And I will repurpose some of the LinkedIn content and put it on Facebook, whereas in the past it was the other way around. I'd focus on Facebook and then post that on LinkedIn as well. And I think that's why as a business owner, it's so important to kind of adapt and be able to pivot and just Correct. not be romanticize one kind of idea and concept. Because eventually whatever you do, it might reach a point that it stops working or doesn't gain the traction that it did. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to evolve. I think it's so important then, and this is kind of comes back to kind of what the client side of it with what I work with. It's allowing someone to overcome that mentality that has to be perfect, or that fear of putting themselves out there and just kind of having that confidence to take risks, to try new yep. things, and put themselves in the best possible position to succeed.
1: Correct. What, what's your considerations? It's something I see all the time and it's, it's something you know I've been challenged with, not from me but for people that I've helped out or business I've been involved in, is this whole thing of the first thing I want to do or the first step I want to take, whether it's I want to launch my business or I want to launch my career or I want to launch content, that the first step I want to take has to be perfect. and I find it so detrimental to some s- scenarios that they want to make the first step perfect that that first step almost never gets taken because they evolve in all of the evolution of what they're trying to build takes so long in the background. But by the time they do it, the opportunity is gone. This is one of my favorite things to talk about because I see it so often,
0: like so many people kind of say that they're a perfectionist. They kind of put it up on this pedestal. Like yep. it's a good thing. Oh, I'm a perfectionist. I like getting things right. I always pay attention to the details. So they built up the story in their head that being a perfectionist is a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we really break it down, like you're not a perfectionist. If we're really, really honest, you're afraid. You're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of what other people are going to say. You're afraid that you're not going to get it right. So you kind of dip your toe in, but not deep enough that when you pull it out, it doesn't hurt too much. And this is why we really need to reverse that Rather than looking at perfectionism as a good thing in a positive light, we need to look at what it actually is. We need to associate perfectionism with actually not reaching your goals, not becoming the person that you're meant to be, not creating the impact or stepping into the mold that the world needs you to show up as. Because I, my book would have come out six months earlier than it did if I wasn't so afraid of putting it out there. Like I'll put my hand up and be honest with that. Like I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted the amount of times I went through it again. I redid stuff. It was because I was afraid. Like it was huge. It was this big step, and that's why having that self-awareness is so important. Because otherwise, we end up sabotaging ourselves and putting things off. And that's why I'm a big believer. Like 80% right is better. Uh, 80% right and out there and done, and then kind of. Adapted along the way is so much better than waiting another year and trying to get the minor details right. And also things change. Like you can Mm -hmm. have this incredible idea in your head and you can be like, this is the best thing ever. And then you can put it out there and the market doesn't like it. Or you put it out there and you get feedback and then people are like, actually, what if you did this? And then you evolve and adapt it and improve it along the way.
1: Correct totally it's okay. it's the it's the evolution space of building content create or creating content creating a business you gotta allow feedback to occur to ensure what is what you're delivering to your customers your buyers or anything like that is exactly what they're needing because no matter how much research you do and how much you consider you know what they want it's just not going to be the case because you can never think and you can never get any of the analytics that's going to give you 100% of your market space. So you've got to be willing to go out there imperfect and let it then evolve over time to a good product, good content, or whatever. And, and people see that journey. And by seeing that, they see that you're listening as well, and there's more respect. Completely agree. And one big piece of advice that if
0: people don't take anything else away from today, like I hope they'll take this away from it, is while it's amazing to have this big vision and this big goal and this big kind of path that you want to get to, a lot of times people get overwhelmed with that. It consumes them and they get lost along the way. And that's why with clients and myself, I always say to people, keep that in mind, but let's focus on 90 days at a time mm. because things change, you grow, you develop, the market shifts, things just go differently so instead of focusing on where you want to be five years or 12 months from now let's just focus on 90 days let's like honestly sit down and be like where do we want to be 90 days from now like just think about like where do you want to be in your business where do you want to get to in your career what do you want to achieve in your health and then work backwards so if you're like you know what i can picture myself being there in 90 days what needs to happen and work and break it down into actionable steps so you take all of the guesswork out of it And then you can just be like, okay, this is the first thing I need to focus on. I need to do this, get that right, and then I move on to step two. So it takes all of that pressure. And then along the way, as you learn and you see what's working, what isn't, what you actually want, then the plan evolves along with it. So, yeah, kind of just re-emphasizing that. Think big, but act small. Take the small action steps and enjoy the journey.
1: No, I think I think that's a great point. You know, think big, act small. That's must be one of the uh, one of the better and best lines I've heard in quite a while. Of I think just came big, up with that. So I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you I'll let you hashtag that. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> don't worry. Um, I'll um I'll make sure I make a note that I whatever nice audio content I throw after this, we have think but act small definitely on that, and then have you on that. <laughs> So that's great. I think that's a great point um, just to end off on the the podcast at the moment. Um, as always with the podcast, you blink, it's 30, 35 minutes already along the way. Um, before we end it off, Byron, was there anything further? I don't think there could be anything better than what you just said at the moment that you wanted to end it off on. But if there is not, can you please let my listeners know where they can find you, where they can find your platforms, your content and everything else?
0: Yeah, well, just to kind of One thing I would kind of like to reiterate is to kind of like anyone listening to this that's kind of at a point in their life where they feel like there has to be something more. They're kind of going through the motions. They're not kind of waking up excited by what they're doing. Like I genuinely believe that if you're not waking up every single day excited to be alive, filled with that kind of passion and purpose and doing what you're meant to be doing, then you have to find a way to change it like the biggest lesson I learned from my dad's cancer is we have to make every single day count and you only get one life and one chance. So even if it's terrifying, even if it scares you, just go do it. Like mm-hmm. you only get one chance in this world. So do what you really want. That's going to make you happy. So yeah, hopefully so, so, if that just gets someone to be like, do you know what I need? There's something more. I need to go find a way to do it. Then, awesome it's been worthwhile
1: i totally agree with that byron it's a great um, insight to enter off uh, sorry
0: yeah as for the platforms or anything anyone who yep. wants
1: to kind of connect like they can find me
0: on facebook and linkedin uh, if they search for byron morrison or head to my website ByronMorrison.co.uk. like if anyone's struggling to kind of know or work out where to begin like send me a message or i'm happy to hop on like a 30 minute call to kind of help them work out what they're struggling with, what barriers are in the way, and kind of create a plan to get them started. So feel free to reach out. And also my book, Become a Better You, is on Amazon.
1: Please, by all means, um, you know, Byron's giving you the details. Go have a look. He's got great content. Go on YouTube, have a watch. You know, there's people forget these days and with a lot of the coaches out there and the mentors out there and saying, hey, this person wants to charge me this, they want to charge you that. Look at the quality coaches and the quality mentors like Byron that puts a lot of almost, almost always information is out there for you to take straight away. Go on YouTube, go on Facebook, go on LinkedIn. Everything's there for you to research. Then you can contact up with Byron, have a chat, and you guys can sit down and make that 90-day plan happen. Remember, think big, act small. Hashtag Byron Morrison. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Byron, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and giving me this opportunity to, to have a discussion with you. Uh, it's been a great insight into the mentality of understanding the short-term process to achieving a goal and then breaking through to that. Also, we we're speaking about you know being perfect and what the underlying issues are with perfection as well, so it was great to discuss that. And um, to everyone else that's listening, thanks again for supporting uh, The Wolf of Queen Street. You know where to find me, LinkedIn. Facebook Instagram Lawrence Lots the wolf of Queen Street and once again thanks for listening bye